0: This podcast is part of a series that explores ways to eliminate stigma and help people with substance use disorders access the medical care they need. Produced by Superior Health Quality Alliance and Intelligen, quality innovation network quality improvement organizations under contract with the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, an agency of the US Department of Health and Human Services.
1: Hello, and welcome to the stigma podcast. In this podcast, we're talking about the ways that stigma impacts people living with substance use disorder. We aim to inspire and empower our listeners to shift away from the culture of stigma towards one that promotes healing and recovery in a supportive and respectful way. I'm Brittany, and I'm here with Mia, as well as our guest today, Gresha Eberly. Before we jump into our conversation with Gresha just a reminder that if you haven't already listened to our first three podcasts, we encourage you to go back and give them a listen. We think there's some pretty good stuff in there and we want you to join the conversation. Send us your comments, questions, ideas for future topics to stigma podcast at telegen.org. Mia, welcome. Right.
2: <laughs> <laughs> how are you? I'm doing well. We're we're just keeping, keep, keeping on, keeping on. Um, but I am so excited today, Brittany, about our guest. Um, I feel like we've really got a great guest to have some conversation with. And I'm just super excited to to jump in with her. But first I just want to tell everybody a little bit about the fabulous Gresha Eberly. Um, Gresha is a public advocate who has been working to destigmatize addiction treatment within healthcare settings. Um, she's been featured in several media outlets. We'll, we'll try and uh, throw some links in our description if we can. Um, and um, her background is as an individual with uh, coming up on 10 years in recovery. So she brings that lived experience to the conversation as well as the professional experience of um, having been a recovery coach since 2017. She's worked in an inpatient addiction consult service, and she is currently the project manager for the Heart Initiative, and I'll have her tell you a little more about that once we get going, Um, but with uh, Michigan State University. So, She just brings a multifaceted um, approach to this conversation. And I'm so excited to get to get to talking with her. So
1: welcome. (laughs)
2: Yeah. Welcome, Gresha. And we're going to start. I'm going to start by asking you our traditional kickoff question, which is what is your why? And what I mean by that is what makes the topic of stigma? meaningful
3: for you? Um, First of all, I want to thank you guys for the opportunity to um, be a guest on this podcast today. Um, I think the work that you guys are doing is really important and stigma needs to have a light shined on it um, a lot more. Um, My why is it comes down to not wanting anybody to feel like they have to go through this alone. Like I did 10 years ago. Um, I didn't have any, I didn't have any resources. I live in a rural area as well. Um, and uh, I didn't have any resources. I didn't have any, I didn't know anybody that, you know, that had a substance use disorder. I didn't know, I didn't know anybody in recovery. Um, so I didn't have anybody. So when, when people are at the point that they are ready to get to seek treatment for substance use disorder, um, they're at their lowest point. I mean, we are at our lowest point. Um, we're weak, we're vulnerable, guilt-ridden and ashamed. Um, and more times than not, we're facing withdrawal soon or we are in full tilt. Um, so, a lot of times um, people will go to their local ER, especially if they live in a, a rural area. Right. Um, and, you know, when you're walking into the ER or the emergency department, or I mean, any healthcare center, it could be your family practice or mm-hmm. um, anything like that. You're, you're at rock bottom. So you're super, <laughs> you're scared. Mm-hmm. You're scared to death about what's going to happen, what's going to happen in the future. Um, is this going to be the time that I don't get help and I die? Right. <laughs> I uncertainty. Mean, yeah. At, at, at the point right. that we are ready to get help. We are, we're at rock bottom. Um, so uh, walking into the emergency department and, um, having a physician come in already on the defensive because he has read your red flag chart um it makes it that much harder um it makes it that much scarier it because when when you're going in there you you feel so small already and then for a doctor to come in already on the defensive because he know he he knows what you're gonna ask for or he thinks he knows. Um, right. It, it it brings a hopeless feeling. Um, like, like
1: there was already a barrier there for you. Yeah. Like yeah. just to even get help, there's already a barrier to overcome. Mm. One of just entering, of going and knowing you're going to be judged or feeling like, you know, you're going to be judged.
3: Right. That's yeah. tough. It is. It's a tough thing to go through and especially to go through it alone. So I try to put my face out there, my voice out there. I want people to know that they don't have to do this alone, Mm -hmm. Um, that there is a whole recovering community out there waiting, ready and willing to help. Um, Because facing stigma, it just, like I said, it's a hopeless feeling. When you walk out of that hospital being discharged with nothing, I mean, it's a feeling of despair. Really, um, so I have a couple a couple stories. Um, one is a personal story when I had dropped to my knees one day, decided to get treatment. I did not want to live like this anymore. I was on the verge of dying. Like I was, Mm -hmm. I was having seizures every day. Um, so I went to my parents and said, "I need to ride to the hospital." I am going to, I'm going to get better, you know? And they were like, okay, we'll see. So they dropped me off at the local small rural hospital and I waited in that tiny room in full detox for. I was dropped off at six o'clock PM and I didn't see anybody until about one o'clock in the morning. Wow. When a nurse came in, she took my vitals, walked out, and then the doctor came in. Um, And when he he first got into the room, he said, I know what you're here for. And it's not happening today. You're not getting anything prescribed. We're not giving you narcotics. I know you're just here drug-seeking or Mm -hmm. doctor-shopping, you know? And uh, I just felt even... (laughs) I feel like he would have treated my dog better than mm-hmm. than me, you know? How um, did you
1: react to that in that moment? You know, of someone immediately telling you those things
3: when you knew you were there to try to get help. Right. I, I didn't know what to do. I was speechless. Mm-hmm. And then I don't think I, I, I told him that I was not, I'm not here for that. I'm here for the complete opposite reason. I need help. And he says, oh, we'll see and walks out. So I wait a few more hours in that tiny room, um, super sick. And then a social worker comes in and says, she just says, there's nothing we can do for you today. Mm. And then the nurse came in and discharged me. And then I walked out completely hopeless and I used that same day. And I ended up having a pretty bad seizure that night Mm. because I was in withdrawal. From, benzo, from benzodiazepines, from Xanax. So oh. if they, if they would have kept me and actually did did an evaluation, they would have caught that. Mm-hmm. They would have caught that and I wouldn't have suffered that seizure. Um, another instance, just like mine, happened to a girl I was working with, mm-hmm. same thing. Um, she walked out of the hospital and uh, she didn't use because she had a seizure before she could get to it. And mm. she, the seizure, she fell um, on the side of her head and cracked her skull. And she was in the hospital for, I don't know, a couple of weeks mm. discharge, And she is still having problems today um, uh. from bleeding on the brain. Yeah. So if, if, if we would have got the, um, proper evaluation, that wouldn't, I don't, I don't think that would have happened.
1: Right. That's so frustrating to
3: hear those stories to me. Mm -hmm. And I've heard so many stories like it and it just, it's sad.
2: (laughs) And it really, you know, it strikes me at first when you were talking, what struck me was how devoid of any, you know, human compassion. I mean, when we're, no matter what, when we're not feeling well, the mm-hmm. thing that can be most healing is just a little tenderness, you know, a little mm-hmm. a little care. Um, but then as you went on, what I found is I was just getting more and more angry because it's not just, the lack of compassion, like Mm -hmm. this is bad care. Like it's, it's almost like criminally bad care. You know, I can't think of another disease where it would be acceptable to do such a um, bad job at evaluating the situation and Mm -hmm. to send someone out of your facility in such rough shape and just sort of say, well, fend for yourself. You know, we wouldn't do that with someone with diabetes who was having, you know, a blood sugar crisis and couldn't get their blood sugars under control. We wouldn't just say, well, you know, you probably shouldn't have ate that and kick them up, you know, kick them to the curb. But for some reason, this idea that it's okay to do that to other human beings, Mm-hmm. And to just, you know, completely shirk our responsibility as medical providers. Right. I, I don't understand where, I mean, I, I do understand where that comes from, but it just infuriates me.
3: Yeah. I, I mean, I don't, I don't want to, um, I don't want to sound like, you know, all healthcare professionals are awful. I mean, there's no. so many out there that, do such a good job, you know, but I found more in the rural areas, um, that's where they need a little bit more stigma education Mm -hmm. and training. I mean, I've, I faced stigma at almost daily for the last 20 years. Um, I mean, I still do today. I mean, I, I was stigmatized for having a substance use disorder, stigmatized for um, having, or substance use during pregnancy and then not stigmatized for being on medication for opioid use disorder so it's it's everywhere for a lot of us is that you know and it's just it's tough it's yeah. tough to get it i mean it's it's hard because you got to deal with you got to deal with this disease daily you know mm-hmm. and it's for the rest of your life and you're thinking gosh mm-hmm. i mean if, am i gonna ever get on the other side of this so, yeah, it's it's a- right because it's even after the fact, right?
1: Like you're no longer using uh, any kind of substance in and yet still you're facing these these stigmatizing you know, comments or maybe just the bias that comes with it. But I guess the one thing that's giving me a little hope hearing these stories is knowing the work you're in right now. Um, because it directly affects the way that you were stigmatized as mm-hmm. uh, someone who was struggling with a substance use disorder and showed up at an ER. So I was wondering if you would tell us a little bit about that, because I think it really
3: exemplifies the best practice that could be happening. The Hospital Engagement Addiction Resources Team, her, is um, we are the recipients of the Michigan Health Endowment Grant fund. Um, we partner with uh, the Michigan Health and Hospital Association um, to pretty much provide technical, technical assistance for hospital systems interested in starting or expanding um, inpatient addiction treatment services within the hospital setting. Um, we're we know that hospitalization for um, somebody with a substance use disorder can absolutely be a reachable moment uh, because like I said, uh, they're at their lowest points. Some, some, some people come in with, um, you know, abscesses from Mm -hmm. injection use and a lot of things like that. And I've seen a lot of um, endocarditis infection. Yeah. um, yeah, infection in the heart. And it's a reachable moment because, like I said, um, they're at their lowest point. So it's a very pivotal it, moment. I mean, yeah, it's, it's a pivotal moment. Um, And yeah. addressing a substance use disorder in patients who are hospitalized is associated better with better patient outcomes. Mm-hmm. And it decreases the likelihood of those patients returning. To the emergency department or being re-hospitalized. Mm-hmm. Um, we do provide technical assistance, technical assistance, um, mm-hmm. as far as understanding billing, um, creating protocols, for example, um, protocols for initiating buprenorphine mm-hmm. um, inpatient. Uh, and we help. We help connect the hospitals with um, their surrounding local resources, like their community mental Mm -hmm. health, um, just to kind of smooth out the transition from being discharged to um, outpatient treatment. So that's pretty much what we do. And we've been doing a lot of stigma, stigma education and training as well. We have a couple coming up in in fall, um, some presentations in fall. So the hospitals are responding really well with the stigma training,
2: yeah. That's awesome. It, it sounds to me like as you describe this um, heart initiative, it, it almost sounds to me like you're, you're creating sort of the easy button for hospitals. Like they're yeah. saying, we wanna, sure, we'd be open to doing this. And then your program can, can really come in and help them with, All those things that could be a barrier Mm -hmm. um, for hospitals to really get programs up and running or Mm -hmm. or expanded. So, you know, like you said, the billing, the the protocols, connecting with other providers in the community, Mm -hmm. and you're able to help with all of those things, all they have to do is bring like the care, right? (laughs) which... Which, you know, I, I love that idea of like, how can you just really make it plug and play and mm-hmm. really easy for the hospitals? Because we know that, you know, there like you said, there are good people within these systems who want to do what's right. And it's hard. Um, and so bringing, bringing what you bring really does sound like a best practice for, for generating more availability of treatment, which is what something we know is really needed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and and then bringing along like that stigma education as well, I think that's really great because you're helping to sort of um, guide people through unpacking some of that bias mm-hmm. um, so they can really connect with the patients in a, uh-huh. in a less stigmatizing way.
3: It, yeah, it really is amazing. Um there the, our team consists of two doctors and myself as the project manager. Um I Dr. Kara Poland and Dr. Paul Trowbridge. Um they both graduated from Wayne State University. They were, they received their medical degree and they both um they both trained at Boston Medical Center in addiction medicine. So, wow. They and they've done some amazing things. And, um, Dr. Trowbridge actually, um, he helped in creating the first, one of the first addiction inpatient addiction consult services at Mm -hmm. Boston medical center. And, um, Dr. Poland created the inpatient addiction consult service at Coral health in 2020. The one that I worked on as recovery coach, um, Mm -hmm. both champions in the addiction medicine field and, Right. And that peer to peer is, you know, huge,
1: especially in the yeah. medical field. And so if, as providers, they can show this is how you can participate in this, you know, this type of care. It's more meaningful, maybe than just coming from a policy standpoint from a hospital, right, or saying you need to start offering this. But having that peer to peer support even to answer questions and to help them feel comfortable mm-hmm. with um with that type of care
3: is huge yeah the the stigma presentations i mean having um having physicians as well as somebody to put a face on substance use disorder Mm -hmm. um we're normal people we're just like we're just like everybody else we're human
2: taking that unknown into something that's that's visible and known yeah so yeah Oh, I'm so sad, we're we're nearing the end of our time today. I told you it would just fly by. You did. Um, <laughs> but Gresha, thank you so much for sharing part of your story with us and for telling us about the amazing work you're doing um, with the HEART Initiative as a, as a best practice for, for creating more treatment availability. And Brittany, I think you have some exciting news about our next episode.
1: I do. I am excited to introduce you all to another organization that's also in this world working on addressing stigma. Um, So we are going to be meeting with Drew Cook with Shred the Stigma, which is a, a group out of Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, who is really addressing the the work that's needed in areas where people can't always access it themselves. So they're actually a mobile harm reduction unit. So I'm really excited for you guys to meet them and to hear about how this work was started and um, how it can be implemented where you're at as well. So please tune in uh, next month for that episode as well. And then feel free to reach out to us. Um, we, like we said earlier, we want to hear from you. We want to um, listen to your comments or feedback or uh, really anything you would like to share with us. We're, we are open ears. So you can reach us at stigmapodcast at telogen.com. And if you want to make sure to
2: not miss a future episode, you can subscribe to our podcast at your favorite podcast streaming service. Otherwise, you can always find us on both Telogen's website and um, the Superior Health Quality Alliance website. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next time. And thank you so much, Gresha.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of Shine a Light on Stigma. Join the conversation by sending your questions, feedback, and ideas to stigmapodcast at Telligen.com. Views expressed in this podcast do not necessarily reflect the official views or policy of CMS or HHS. Any reference to a specific product or entity herein does not constitute endorsement of that product or entity. This material is for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment.